This episode is brought to you by Guns of Chainsaws. Or is it Chainsaws of Guns? How does it go? Is it like the chicken and the egg thing? We'll never know. I believe <laughs> Well, if we're back from our previous show, yes. Hi, this is the Last King Podcast. You're here with Mr. Toffee and Shafiq. Hello. And we're gonna have quite an episode right now. Yeah. I don't know, like, we've I, I've actually got some testosterone in me right now that I kind of need to... Oh, you're in bro mode right now? Yeah, because of this one particular game, game that came out from Microsoft and these mm. guys got the coalition. Let me guess. Could it possibly be... I don't know... The new Gears of War. I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna do a joke stinger thing and just say Viva Pinata. Nah. Tree. Wait, there's gonna be a Viva Pinata tree? Oh god, we should ask Rare. We should do a petition for Rare to release that. <laughs> but in the meantime, yes, I have been playing Gears of War four. This is actually the start of a new trilogy for Ford. Just right smack that for the Xbox One, and it's actually not bad. Whoa. I was actually going in saying that okay, if Judgment kind of screwed up because of People Can Fly, the developers who have actually done a bang-up job with Bulletstorm, I might add. Yeah, I, I was a know, fan, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen with these new gears. Like, I saw the Game Informer coverage, uh, some guys actually from GameSpot who I knew, they kind of told me about how it was like a little bit, tidbits here and there. All right. I got this tease about this new gun that they released in, in this particular game, a new weapon. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, they're just hyping it up. I, I really don't know because I'm holding my expectations really, really high because when I started playing Gears 1, I mean, you've played Gears 1 and 2, right? Maybe tell your exploits about that. I've played from 1 to 3, like when the Xbox 360 first came out. Gears was definitely the killer app for that system because I remember using, I mean, I think Halo wasn't quite out yet, right? It was actually, the, I think the Bungie was actually preparing up for part 3, but yeah. they needed something to fill in the gaps. They needed something to out. sell the Xbox 360. So the first time I saw Gears and I thought, and I looked at it, it's like, to me it was, wow, this game looks nice. I mean, it was a very different aesthetic. And this was like the, the, the so-called the start of the whole 1080p, the next-gen console. It was starting that to whole, go there. That yeah. was the era of like, okay, this is where graphics are going. And I really enjoyed myself. I mean, Gears 1 helped push the system. Gears 2, everybody was praising it for the story. Oh, no, no. I praised it because they improved everything. Like, they added yeah, more definitely. things. Like, the covers, the Dude, controls felt better. I like Horde mode. Horde was mode good. was fun, yeah. I mean, the best thing about Gears was basically, it's one of the last few games where it was really a couch experience. Where you and a buddy can, like, double control it on the same uh, screen and just like enjoy yourselves right yeah yeah uh, and even though like people might diss the story a little bit it actually had some heart but Dude, no, 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 it I, was hammy I know, I know it was hammy but it was a good kind of hammy the kind where you don't really want to skip it because you want to see how it goes on plus I like Damon Baird and Cole but I have... and those guys the Coltrane and Damon Baird okay, those but... are the bros who kind of want to hang on to you don't want to hang on I with. totally agree like those two guys those two cats especially the Coltrane and all his like corny yeah. one liners <laughs> and, and then you go to his uh, football broken down football stadium it's like, that's in part 2 right Yeah, when he had his flashback yeah. no no it's part 3 part 3 
But okay, here's my problem with the Gears of War storyline. If I remember right, when Gears of War 2 was about to be released, right, I remember like the hype was basically this is the, gonna be like the best uh, storytelling experience ever. <laughs> Gears of War 2 is gonna make you cry. Uh, Do you yeah. kind of remember that whole thing? Unfortunately, I did. Dude. I was actually brought in to Epic Studios to cover that stuff. Oh man. But at least I got a glimpse of the good gameplay. Like, we played the river map, you played Grin, Gridlock or Grinlock? Gridlock. Okay. Um, and a bit of Horde mode, if I recall. And those were really good. And those modes are really, really great. They're awesome. They're to play through and whatnot and they're still good when the full game came out and they so they knew what to tweak but the story it's not an afterthought it, it's a kind of good hammy thing but i won't blame you if you say it's an afterthought dude i giggled my ass off when <laughs> dom found his dead wife because it was so schmaltzy i think you she... missed the the, 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 the <laughs> half dead you know like we can't leave her here like this man damn she's dead no yeah, it's yeah. not Part your wife i love you <laughs> <laughs> but come on, that was a good payoff for what happened in part 3 When Dom that was so... did the ultimate sacrifice The ultimate sacrifice Damn, dude, you're my best friend <laughs> like... And then Mad Love uh, cover came in, you know The one from, from Dolly Darko came in and... <laughs> Yo, no, like, okay, like, here's the thing, right <laughs> I always bitch about how stories don't matter But sometimes, right when it's done a certain way, I'm not. I don't, I'm not saying this was done well, but it was so bad. Like, it's, it's more it happy was, for me. Actually, I I couldn't help but just think to myself, man, somebody actually wrote this, <laughs> somebody actually performed this, and he's like, you know what? I, hey, hey I, don't 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 this Bender. Bender gave us all. No, this no, to be Marcus yo, Phoenix. Mr. <laughs> Mr. DiMaggio. I mean, that's DiMaggio, his name. DiMaggio. Yo, Mr. Phoenix. Like he, much love to him. The guy who played Dom, though. <laughs> Man, uh, yo, bro. Uh, yeah, I feel for you. Yeah, kind of like. Oh, sorry about your wife. <laughs> no, but okay. Okay, now all now, that aside. Now we want to set that tone, yeah, and then yeah. we go to Gears Four. Gears Four. Now you see that huge leap from Part One and Part Two. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna see that in Part Four. I think I'm but, expecting that. But it's still it's still worth buying an Xbox One for because it's the same kind of. I got that same feeling I got when I first touched hard mode okay. the first time. You sort of get that feeling because right now, in this new horde mode, I did believe they call it 3.0, mm -hmm. you get to move around your where your base of operations is and all your items come up from this 3D printer called the Fabricator. I'm calling it a 3D printer because people on the forum <laughs> are calling it that, so why the hell not, right? Because that what it is, that's what it is. You get gold, which you get from killing foes, you collect them from where they died. Mm -hmm bring that gold back to the 3D printer and you level it up while you uh, build shit. So you can build turrets, you can build uh, automated turrets, you can build fences, you can even build Barricades and stuff, right? Barricades yeah, and Yeah, I think they did that before in part 3. They did part 3, but that's a set space. This so, one's more like a leveling up thing. You can sort of carry the fabricator anytime, anywhere. Oh, okay. So let's just say you don't like the defense spot. You can actually have another guy carry that shit up, mm. go to another spot. But you kind of have to do it within a frame of 30 seconds or so. so yeah, okay, okay. Kind, I mean, of, kind of tough to do. I mean, to keep but it's challenging, doable, huh? it's doable, yeah. And oh my god, you play it on like a hardcore, especially when and most of the enemies can just one hit, one, one hit down you. It really? gets pretty insane. Now, um, yeah, horror mode is fun, but that's actually expected. Like everything else, it feels like a status quo. Like they're trying to maintain that level of polish in part three and even part two. Okay. But it's, it's a good kind of polish. You go to campaign mode. <coughs> 
there's actually a story going on where you actually are controlling the young project, basically uh, Marcus Phoenix's kid. Phoenix Jr. Phoenix Jr. What's well, his name? JD again? Phoenix. JD Phoenix. What does JD stand for? Jack no Daniels. Idea. No idea. <laughs> we might find out later on. Maybe I. I think I might have missed it when they mentioned it during the story. We'll, we'll just now, call him Little Phoenix. Okay, so basically the story is they're outsiders from the cog. They left the cog because this. The, the, the new cop was the whole army operative of Gears of War. Yeah, I remember They them. became a bit more militaristic, more than usual, more so than usual. Okay. They relied more on these robots called DBs. Mm. They're just labeled DBs. Okay. But there's actually an official name for this, but everyone calls them DBs because it's short term. Mm. So they kind of wanted to get this fabricator from this base, uh, this one uh, settlement. So uh, this is thing. the main story arc? Main story, like main story arc. Yes, they okay. get this for their village. The thing is, they got assaulted by DBs, they succeeded getting that thing out. And then, um, yeah, some people got kidnapped from the village like late at night mm. by these unknown creatures we call the Swarm. They gave a name, they gave a name much later on. So they basically have to go find the trail and all that, get the help from Dad, who is uh, Marcus Phoenix, of course. And they go deeper and deeper into God knows wherever the hell they're going to. So like, this Swarm, is this what's replacing the locus now? Yeah, pretty series? much, pretty much. And okay. to avoid spoilers, it's. How do you say? They just tell, they just reveal more and more later stuff, more stuff later on. Okay. So the enemy archetype are about the same. That the wretches, they're replaced by these creatures called juvies. Okay. They jump around, they will do melee attacks. They're easier to down by the shotgun. But when they do this batshit freaky yell, they will make every pod in the vicinity explode. Now these pods, these actually serve as a temporary cover and be something that can explode and have a creature coming out. Knee-high walls, they're back. Yeah, yeah, knee-high <laughs> walls are back, yes. But th- in this instance, there will be some that hangs in the wall, get it down for temporary cover. But you gotta remember that if you don't finish that fight, mm-hmm. it might explode and a bunch of new enemies might come out. Oh, okay. So that adds, there's a bit of a risk-reward there. Another element they introduce in campaign is uh, wind flares. Mm-hmm. So in this Gears universe, like 20 years after the Locust War, there's this new weather phenomenon called a wind flare. So when this big, imagine big thunder, big tornado thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. So when this thunderstorm comes in, everything gets shifted either left or right. Your trajectories of your grenade throws and whatnot will go left. Oh, okay. So you have to take into account wind, wind, the wind factor when you're throwing items or using the boom shot or using a torque boom. So it adds oh, a the torque bow's back? Yeah, the torque bow's back. Yo, yes. my favorite weapon. <laughs> yeah, but when you fight in this campaign mode, Especially when the wind flat happens, you kind of have to account the angle because it's going to go mm. left or right depending on where the wind is going. So there's a little bit more skill involved, so you can't just like throw grenades any which way. Okay, you okay, still yeah. can, but in the wind flat sections, you can't. Mm. But fortunately, they don't happen in the multiplayer mode because maybe they might in an updated patch. They you know? should, you know, that's the kind of stuff, especially when you do free for all or deathmatch, right? That random factor, that's what makes things more interesting. And yeah, fun. yeah, they should do that. Um, I hope they do in the future. Right now, Gears is going through the system where free updates start coming in okay. throughout every month or so. Or maybe uh, Fortnite, I guess. I know they're going through a system, but I'm not sure what the big details are. Mm. Now, the campaign itself. Apart from the wind flare and the uh, whole pot thing, the action is what you expect. There'll be some sections where you're actually reenacting horde mode, but in the story mode, in the uh, campaign. Okay, yeah. And those are pretty fun. So, the like timer survival sections are basically you have uh, to outlast a certain wave? Or yeah, something? outlast like maybe three or four waves. Okay. And that's about it. But it's like because of the story, because you're drilling down downwards to the, to the core of the earth, and then oh, it stops. Conveniently, that's your first wave. <laughs> Conveniently, it's your second wave and your third wave. 
Oh. And then there are, and then there's like the other big thing that happens at the end. Um, what the final boss? Um, more like the final segment, and then the boss. Mm. You control you 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 know like how in the third in the second and third game they give you a big toy to play with. Yeah. Like the silverback machines and even that broomback. Yeah. Yeah, you get something along those lines, but I'm not gonna say what. Oh, but does the broomback come back? Yes. It does. Man. But there's a different name and it's pretty stupid. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you kill it. It's so big. It should has those. It has, it has rockets coming out, and it has like machine guns for hands too. Mm. But the so, way you kill it, it's it, kind of different. Really? You want me to just tell it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. yeah. Basically, you just have to hit it with some uh, electric pulse thing in the stage, uh-huh. and then when it when its blisters flare up, that's when you shoot the blisters. Oh. I think it's sort of like the same. I mean, I remember Brumax had blisters. I don't I- quite remember. I think Brumax basically like part one, like if you got the PC version, the Windows version of Gears of War, you had a Brumax stage where you could take it down. It, I, th- I don't remember killing it. Or maybe in part two, but I do remember you could ride it in part two. Yeah, you could ride it in part two. You could kill a corpser and a reaver in part two and three as well. Yeah, yeah. And the Brumax as well. But the blisters part, I think that might be new. They're trying to make sure that you explore all four corners of the map because each transformer is located in every corner. Okay. You have to activate every one of them. Doesn't matter which order, as long as they're all activated by the end. Because that's the only way you can kill the room, the, the new Rumac. Oh, which has a silly name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they call it the Swarmac. Because, you know, Swarm. <laughs> there you go, I can see Shopping's mm. eyes rolling. <laughs> oh god, man. The nice okay. to know that the writing team is still up to their usual gold standard. <laughs> oh, man. If you think the writing for this game is any better, yeah, think again. Nah. It's still that bro kind of writing, but I know they're trying to keep it simple, but come on, there's only so many times you can say, let's do this, let's do this. Oh, I'm sorry for your mom. Oh, I'm sorry for your dad. Let's do this. Let's do sorry this. for your wife. Sorry for your wife, yeah. <laughs> sorry for your football career. Don't worry, we'll, we'll, don't worry, we'll get that guy. Let's get, let's do this. You know? Yeah, because we're... It all devolves to that. I mean, I know they're trying to... I know I've seen all these features where, oh, they're trying to make the story another focal thing, but it's still... Kind of ham, hammy as well. Right? Hamf- if you hammy, kind of hammy and ham fisted, yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, I think the best thing about Gears of War is that it really captures, I would say quite sincerely, that 80s action movie aesthetic. Whereas, like, men have to do a job and there will be you know, sacrifices and losses along the way. Well, but... both men and women. Oh, yes. Well, we we got diversity now. Yeah, yes. Diversity, There's yes. finally, we have female gears. We, we had new female gears in part 3 But now they're playable or something right? No they are, they, they've been playable since part 3 so Were they? I don't yeah know. yeah, you played Anya and uh, Damon oh, Baird's would-be girlfriend I kind of remember that Now because I, I had way too much fun I mean when I played part 3 I played either Phoenix or Dom or who's the guy with the tattoos The, the Samoan kind of guy? Uh, he kind of died It was in part 2, he died in part 2 He did? Yeah yeah, that guy I think Tai, yeah. Tai, that's his Oh name. yeah, Tai I think that's the problem with Gears also, is just that all the characters are so one-dimensional, you just can't really remember who they well, are. Well, I can remember <laughs> David Barrett and uh, Cole okay. because... Now, those guys are at least two-dimensional. Okay, Cole. okay. They're, they're one-dimensional. Their, their traits are defined by what they like and what they see. But Cole is blatantly one-dimensional to the point where you have to remember <laughs> Yeah, him. exactly. No, I remember, I think, was it in part two? He had this really... There was this... Sec- you know those segments where they have to separate two guys and two guys? 
and then Cole and Barrett had to go underground or through the sewer mm, yes, and then yes, like yes. Cole was like kind of complaining that like, he was stepping in shit and then like no no it was Barrett Barrett was complaining and then like Cole oh, was Barrett like, is the one who's always sarcastic and I remember Cole was like no man we gotta do this swimming through shit you know it adds to your immune system like, like that small semblance of intelligence that will pop out of this guy oh man but okay i digress so like okay when... one other problem i have um apart from the dialogue it's also um there's really no standout bad guy apart from a faction so there's nothing like a general rom or something yeah yeah dude when you play jude gears one at least i remember general rom when he just yeah. popped up holy shit i still had trouble fighting the bots to figure out how to kill him in the end apparently you just you keep staying cover and wait <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought oh, The Torque Bow is your friend when you fight General Rum Solo. Yeah, you have to let the bats come out. The Krill, the Krill. No, I won't say bats. Yeah. No, you can say but, bats, you know. Literally, that's yeah, it. They yeah. are pretty much that. <laughs> yes, yes. But, but come on, that, he was an imposing figure in a sense. Yeah, true, definitely. In the second one, there was Scorch, although he died halfway. The, the dude with the double bladed. Yeah, I remember. Basically, yeah. the, 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 the dual wielding chainsaw thing. I can't really remember. Who was the final boss in 2? Uh. It was basically a mutated Rumac, the one you were riding. That was your mm. final boss. Part three was basically you fighting Queen on the on the building, right? Uh, you were fighting on the top, on the top of the hotel, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, that, that hotel stage was actually kind of cool because you get to see sort of paradise, uh, it's like a sunset, you, you, sunrise. You, you get to see shit. outside for a while, yeah. yeah, for a bit, yeah. After being inside and then you know going through deserts and shit in part three, you mm. get to see more color. Well. It looked really beautiful, dude. Like the last stage is beautiful looking. I, I don't All right. <laughs> I mean, my senses were really up the notch there. Nah. Yeah, that was a pretty cool boss fight with the giant bee. Yes, that was, was a giant bee. I mean, I do remember. Like, that's one thing I like about the Gears games, where it's like they they know their video games, so they have that stage, mid boss, stage, final boss kind of uh, design. Yeah. And I mean. It, a lot of people don't really appreciate things like that, but I do. You know, I mean, I like to see some sort of uh, stacked hierarchy in the level design and stuff. Yeah, like some that. sort of progression. Like you, yeah, like, you yeah. gotta feel, you gotta kill this guy using the things. You I learn. mean, like, dude, one thing I miss about video games is like, you know, there's just not enough bosses or boss fights. You know, I mean, usually all video games, especially if it's like open world, like you know, you'll have one big boss or one big thing you need to accomplish. But most of the time, it's just you meandering around like an open world, right? You'll get, you'll get some boss fights in uh, Gears of War 4, but again, that standout villain, yeah. all you get is basically the guy you saw in the trailer, this one locust, I'm uh, sorry, this one swarm guy who comes swarm. up yeah, with one hand missing and that's mm. it. You fight him, he's the guy who actually brought up the swarm act in the first place and <laughs> that's it. <laughs> is there anything close to like those berserker fights? Those were fun too. Um, well, there is a corp, not corpse of fight, you actually fight these guys called carriers, uh-huh. you gotta shoot them in the core. Ah. But he summons shit and then you go up close to him and just punch you in the face and you die. Okay. Like okay, when 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 they introduce the bad guys, some certain bad guys for the first time, yeah, they can get very, very tense, especially when the when the crawl space is very, very tiny. The first time I fought the pouncer it was alright, is one 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 of them. And then three of those fuckers come up. <laughs> okay, these pouncers they can actually do the hunter thing like you left for dead where they pin down one guy. Mm. And then that's it. Oh uh, then you have your co-op moment where you have you to You have to let him go basically. You have to help your team out. Yeah, okay. and then they have the quill attacks. Uh, and then you got the statues. Oh my god, fuck those guys. These are slow moving motherfuckers. Mm. If they see anyone who is down, they will bum rush straight to the first guy who is down. Okay. Who is like incapacitated and then they'll just kidnap them. 
and carried him in his stomach. And that guy is also <laughs> incapacitated as well. Okay. And he has this one hit uh, stun thing where it basically. He, he telegraphs it very well, but when he shoots you once, you are guaranteed to get knocked down already. Cool. So that's why he just kidnaps you, and then you gotta shoot his belly so that he releases your so companion. So you got the video game weak spot, huh? Yeah. But okay. one one of them is already alright. You fight three of these fuckers in, in a horde mode match, or even in the campaign. I believe in the campaign mode, you fight three, four of them at the same time. Dude, I'm, in, uh, I'm a sucker for punishment. Bring it on. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to this. I God knows what's gonna happen in the same mode if I try if I even bother if I bother trying that out. Dude, Gears of War 1 on it's insane met, mode? That's a challenge. <laughs> I had difficulty with that. You're you're probably gonna find a lot of trouble a lot of challenge in insane mode for this. Okay. Definitely. So, right now I'm I'm already having trouble playing in a hardcore mode with a friend somehow. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, and here's here's a good thing about this game. It, it supports split screen. Yay! No split screen. Something Fire. that's been missing for so long in video games. Couch gaming with a friend. Yes. Oh. I've never tried four <laughs> player, but two players, yes, it works. Really? You can go up to four people in Gears um, 4 now? In Gears 3, yes, but I'm not mm. sure about four. I know you can do split screen for this one, but I'm not sure about four players. No, you probably have to do like that quarter screen. I mean, come on, kids. You all have got huge TVs at home. Like, yes. Right now, you got your plasmas and your LEDs. Yeah, you rich motherfuckers. <laughs> Look at me at home with my 20-inch. Hmm. Eh, but, okay. Um, well, here's something I want to kind of ask you. Yes. You played this with a friend. Yes. How's the co-op? Eh, the co-op is alright. Um, how do I put this? Um, I definitely need it during hardcore. Mm-hmm. Because at this point in time, when I was playing, when I, when I played it, with this friend of mine, he, how do you say, uh, he'll be at one end, I'll have to be at the other end. Sometimes we have to team, team up together whenever we are, whenever yeah, we split up different paths. Yeah, because that's what I liked about like the, the the first two Gears games is when like they catered to the co-op and then they, they forced to split you and your friend apart where you're on one side of the map, he's on the other side of the map and you kind of need to watch each other's oh, backs. Oh, they, they, they have those bits happening. That, that, those are pretty good. I like those, yeah, yeah. Um, There actually hasn't been any bits like in part two where you actually have to carry this one thing like a and then thing, you have yeah. your other two guys covering for you in a sense. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I. 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 I I'm not sure. I kind of miss that, but not really per se. I mean, I do know that if you do it in single player, it's the NPCs who take over. Oh right? yeah, that's that's basically easy mode right there. But yeah. if you play it with a friend, especially when they're online and you don't know how the connection is like, it can be. And then especially when they do not have a mic on ready. Literally hit and miss. Yeah, it's basically hit and miss. Where are you gonna <laughs> go? We go left. Don't go right. Especially when you carry the fabricator when you start the. When you start a hardcore match, okay, cool. you don't know when you're gonna carry this motherfucker around. But like, say besides cooperative, okay, you've tried the competitive stuff. Uh, competitive just a little bit, but I mostly played horde mode. I mostly played campaign. But how which is, is the gist for me for a gears game? But how's the online experience? Um, not not laggy, that's for sure. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, I've only played, bear in mind I played it when I got my early copy before the Wii came out. Oh yeah. And after this the, the, how it that is. fancy media preview copy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that media media preview copy. <laughs> Thanks Microsoft. Like I gotta see if it actually works in real life conditions. You know, uh-huh. like if people are actually showing up. And so far I went in the match like after like uh, maybe thirty seconds, forty seconds. There's a there's a good strong enough population now taking up the service? Yes. And I don't know about now, but right I mean at this point in time, yeah, sure. It it, it you'll find people to play with. So if you market. like buy a copy right now. Yes. Which you should. I yeah, guess. yeah. It's really good. I, I recommend <laughs> this game. Not for the story, of course. Although Dude, although it has Nobody plays Gears for the story. <laughs> I know, I know. But for, for like maybe but, the but small fraction they do. It is it's maybe. fun it's fun to sit through. Yeah, I'll, it is fun. I'll say it's that, fun. okay? I mean there's this little crib about wizards and knights which I kinda like. 
Really? And then when they reveal what DB actually stands for, then you kind of saw it coming, but at the same time, hey, it's a nice surprise, you know? I'm thinking something bro-ish, like dumb bastard. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. A, it's a bro thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you've been paying attention, I mean, it's basically following, because, you know, there are certain characters in the gear side who are actually very tech savvy, right? So there you go. It uh, makes sense. The nerd bro, the yeah, bro yeah. nerds. I, I have no idea. We should create a term for that, like the bodybuilding nerds. But, 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 but bottom line is this is worth buying an Xbox One for. Really? This yes. is the killer app for this for the Xbox One. I cause I honestly don't know how the Dead Rising 4 will turn out. Man. I never played that. <laughs> I've always I've only seen like bits and pieces of the game. Like the original Dead Rising was also kind of like a launch. It was game it was sort of like a, right? I guess you could say it's a launch slash killer app sort of title in a sense. But it came out around the same time as Gears, that that was perfect dark. Around that period, yes. And Viva Pinata. Yes, Viva Pinata. <laughs> God damn it, we need a part three. Um, I, I'm I'm fine without, but <laughs> I'm not if, fine, if you need it. that in your life, do it. I will support you. <laughs> so but, like, uh, uh, I just want to bring up one thing. Um, so Cliff Blazinski has moved on to other things. Yes, he is doing a game called Lawbreaker. Okay, but yeah. so now so these this guys, studio, yes. yeah, it's actually called The Coalition. Mm. They're from Vancouver. Uh, and the guy who's leading this project is uh, Rod Stewart? No, 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 no. Rod Ferguson. Rod Ferguson. <laughs> the guy, one of the guys who did Gears 2 and even Gears 1. Okay, so there's and some legacy 3, 4, developers in 3 this. 3 and uh, Judgment, yes. Oh, I totally skipped out on Judgment, man. I uh, it's okay. Even... You're not missing much. It's, but It's I'm... basically Gears of War Gaiden, right? In a way, Gears of War Gaiden. It's yeah, the yeah. Barrett solo game, right? In, in a sense, yeah, I'm actually enjoying this game. Uh, so there's not much I can say apart from oh my god, I I forgot to mention the weapons. Okay. Uh, okay, the new stuff that comes out is this buzz buzz kill uh heavy weapon. It just shoots out blades, basically like how how a Ratchet and Clank did with your buzz kill weapon. Okay. But it's heavier. You kind of have it bounces actually multiple times if depending on which what kind of space you're at. So what I would do is actually shoot it from an angle from the ceiling so it hits people downwards. Oh, kind of like Half-Life 2's gravity gun with the saw blades? Yeah, yeah, in a sense. Okay. But yeah. heavier. And, you know, when you actually give someone, you see them cut off the little pieces when you hit them twice. Oh, man. It's kind of cool. Then I gotta ask, how's the gibs? Because, oh, like, the Gears are still good. has some of the best and most satisfying, like, headshot splatters. And, oh, when, like, you, when you do the execution for the minigun and the tri-gun, uh -huh. it's a new minigun. You just put this, you know what I mean? When you put a stump through his stomach and it spins out, and then all the parts <laughs> come out. It's kind of fun, like a wind, like a wind, like a like a blender of sorts. I mean, like I do remember when first gears came out, right? And then I do remember like during the trailer they were showing off like that, like the first time you saw the chainsaw execution, yes, yes. and like the how visceral it was and how the blood just started to splatter onto the screen. I mean, that sold me straight away. It's like this game may suck or may be awesome. I don't care. I just want to play a game where. I can do that. <laughs> oh, you, you're also a fan of like when the sh when when your sniper rifle hits someone in the, Dude, head, the like, bullet. I don't know what it is, but what I love, especially when you're doing cooperate and you're trying to cover your friend, is like you just take sniper position, you, you take point, and then like when you nail that headshot, that satisfying, that delicious splat, that the sound of like a melon exploding when you when you <laughs> when you headshot a locust oh dude Daniel loved the drop shot it's actually a new um, weapon basically it's it's what it's the same thing like the boomer like the boom gun the boomers okay boom shot like the boom shot as well their, except their version of the shotgun right yeah yeah okay imagine like you shoot this weapon straight up you hold the trigger it goes in a straight line still mm. you let go of it this uh, the bullet which the is actually like a mine the projectile it's just a drill on top of a mine 
actually goes drills downwards and then explodes after it hits contact. Oh, okay. Now imagine if you actually hit it on top of a guy's head. Oh. Oh, it's so beautiful when it just so is he like a guy's skull. Is it walking mine now or? He, no, he doesn't walk. He basically stays at, a split, at that spot. He dies. His head all stutters out. All the bits and chunks come out from his head. Oh man! It just drills downwards <laughs> and then it explodes, taking everyone around him with it. Oh. It's super nice. You know, when you hit it, it's a nice little satisfaction. Right there. Okay, but this is something I wanted to bring up. So Cliff Blazinski is not involved with this. No. Um, he was very involved with one, two, and maybe three. Yes. Then he moved on to oh, other all things. All three. He was involved with all three games. Except for the part one, part two, part three. What's um, the spin-off again? Judgment. I guess he sort of is sort of. He was like a producer epic. or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Making so, sure that they don't fuck it up. Is there any moments where like? You kind of missed the Cliff Blazinski touch, or did he feel like like something was missing? At Not all? really, no. This felt like uh like it's one step above Gears One, mm. and in the sense it's above Gears Three, but not the mon- monumental leap as in Gears Two. Uh, they felt that like, okay, Gears Two is the best template to go to. Then we just have to add it up a notch, make it slightly better, but not as good as Gears Two. So like Cliffy B fans have nothing to worry about because it's basically then it's not as if they're trying to rake in or they're trying to like. Uh, take this in a new direction it's like they pay homage to what made the Gears games great yeah yeah which and is they do the it their own way and the, and the shooting and the cover system and whatnot okay it worked out very well like uh, the Vancouver studio they know what the hell they were doing what have they done before do you remember nothing from what I've known this they is... were they were originally Black Tusk studio earlier on they were supposed to do this shooter that sounds familiar then they revealed it for an E3 a while back uh, and okay. then that got cancelled or shelled and then now they're on this Gears project there you go. That's the coalition right there. Wow. Pretty so, awesome stuff. And uh, oh yeah, my favorite weapon that I've used so far is actually from the DB's faction. Uh, it's actually the overkill shotgun. Three barrels, uh, three shells in the barrel. When you shoot it, it you can actually have it shoot rapid fire or mm-hmm. just once. But just when you when you shoot it rapid fire, of course the damage it is there. Okay. Like you unload it on something, it's gonna get. But then you you lose your ammo. You lose your no. You lose more of your aiming because it, the kickback is just so high. It just goes. Oh, the recoil. Okay, okay. The recoil is big. But I thought that this is the kind of gun you use when you're really really up close. You just want to up upload it, unload it on some guy in front of you. It's mm. the perfect weapon to do that. And you actually can carry about like 20, 30 shots on it. Okay. So it deals a lot of damage compared to the Nyasha. The Nyasha is the the, the Nyasha's back. Oh, okay. So. The, the, the tried and true trademark shotgun that every tournament player has used uh, Dude I have no idea if it's being buffed or whatnot but it's there I still remember early Gears of War multiplayer where everybody was just spamming like the, the roll forward and shotgun bullshit I mean they got rid of that in Gears 2 uh, but eh, I don't know I mean I never s- I'm not sure they did though people will still use the same tactic that shit still works probably uh, 2, 3 I'm not sure about judgement but they still use that it's still, it's still a viable tactic nah but I, I don't really enjoy gears like competitive but I do enjoy horde mode I do enjoy co-op more oh yeah horde mode is where it's at so Mr. Toffee you've gushed yourself off <coughs> quite a bit about GOW4 what's your number rating? Wow, I'll have to be... Out of five chainsaws. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have uh, four pizza cutters. <laughs> I can't give it a 4.5 or 5 because I kind of want my story to go well with that. It's okay. It's an okay story. Mm-hmm. But gameplay-wise, it's alright. And But it's not really a monumental leap. So it's not more of the same, but like... It's you know, still more of the same, there, but it's a good kind more, of more. So there's more improvements at least. Uh, so yeah. you, 
you know it's, it's not a, a rehash okay it's a, it's a clear conscious attempt to create something new a new trilogy well at the same time retaining stuff from the original games yeah. I, mean, I, I can't even say original games from the original team's vision yep yep and uh, so how's the setup for the sequels what do you what do you, what do you expect there is what a setup you... there um it's Wow, I have to go into spoiler territory. Mm, oh, maybe let, let's not let's not do that. Uh, but there's definitely a setup for a sequel. It is a very blatant setup. So this definitely. game is definitely like, that's why also my other complaint. It just how do you say? There's some things that resolve and then it ends. That's it. You know it's gonna lead the up to a cliffhanger. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not a cliffhanger per se, but more like okay, we know. Okay, I guess you know what? It's a cliffhanger. Sure, why not? Okay. We'll just go for that because but... it's just blatant that way. Because they know they're gonna make two more of these bad boys. Mm. So, oh, and in terms of improving the cover system, there's now an ability where you can actually yank a dude who is actually opposite your side. Okay. Yeah, so you press the X button when you see a dude in front of you. You yank him forward, he gets stunned, you press Y, just shiver him in the neck. Oh, so it's a free execution. Yeah, yeah. And you can also, while you're roadie running and then you leap over, basically when you go, when you do the leap, you actually get to press an attack button to knock down anyone in front of you. Oh, and they're also like, stunned as well. Like in Sleeping Dogs, right? When you can like, Same, same. They slide, finally put this in in the Slide game. over your cover and then like karate kick somewhere in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Now you finally get to do that in a Gears game. Mm-hmm. Finally. Because I remember in like Gears 1 and 2 when people take cover opposite the same like <laughs> chest high or knee high wall and it's like you're just blind shooting over <laughs> hoping for the other guy to forget to, <laughs> to, to, to not yeah, Now you can actually down. just pick them up but it actually leaves you open if you miss. So. This is something I, I guess would probably be more useful in uh, I don't know, competitive. If you're out of bullets, it's actually very useful. Oh, you're gonna conserve bullets. Do they still have that cool mini game where as you're reloading, you have to hit that sweet spot? It on has. The th- that's kind of like a gear staple. Yeah, that's still bad. Yeah, okay. Different weapons have different uh, active time reloads. So things. if I like totally missed out on a uh, part, I wouldn't say the, the spin off game, right? So I've been, been. How long has it been since Gears 3? Uh, it's been. Okay, good. Gears, six Gears 3 years? was probably 2000, 2011 or 12, so it's been about 6 years. 5 to 6 years, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is quite a long time for a Gears sequel, right? Yeah, yeah. You feel right at home going into this one, mm. but if you want like monumental changes, you probably won't expect so it. So if, if you're a veteran of the series, you, you will find that it's familiar enough for you to like you don't really have to relearn anything and you might actually appreciate the story at least to see how much how much has has gone by for the past 20 years in the game story okay like you find out is are the cogs good are the cogs bad still so uh, how, how, how is J- how is uh, JD Phoenix's son turn out you know? <laughs> does he he's, look he's like he's dead not really no he, he, he kind of he reminds you of like uh, Nathan Fillion wannabe really yeah he does the way he talks hmm. and everything but it's downplayed so it's not annoying it's All like right. you could tell that he's trying to be uh, trying to channel that the voice actor trying to channel that but yeah. it's not that annoying but it's serviceable okay but to the point where you know like you know like how some people they highlight this character and it has to be in every single scene no you don't see that here you everyone has your equal screen, screen time even Marcus Phoenix as well dead himself yes. huh? is Mr. DiMaggio still doing the voice? of course of course come on you can't have a Gears game without Bender come on <laughs> or Jake the Dog from Adventure Time <laughs> or, or, or the Joker <laughs> in the, Under the Red Hood oh yes well, he's a very he's very... a good Joker he's a good Joker he's, he's, he's a good Jake from Adventure Time too yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna stick with that uh, yeah. so, I'm sticking four, with my four, four, four pizza, pizza slicers technically 8 yeah. upon 10 a very strong B or a very a pretty good A. Yeah, it's still like a good A. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's like one of those games you just gotta get into. Like, you play, you gotta have friends definitely just to get through the whole 
uh, co-op. You got an experience of co-op experience on hardcore. Don't play it on normal, obviously. <laughs> no, dude, hardcore is where it's at. Like all bro. those headshots, all that. Bro, you gotta play on hardcore, yeah. bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that is the setting. It is it hard. It's just called hardcore. So. No. <laughs> not not insane. Don't go insane, bro. That's that's just messed up. So it still has that classic uh, normal hardcore. Basically, insane mode. You can't get out if you don't see it coming. Oh well. It's okay. pretty. It's pretty badass. So. Nothing bad to say about it. Yeah. Highly recommended. Highly recommended. Get yourself an Xbox One, or it's also available on Windows 10, Windows Games for Windows Live. Uh, What's it called now? Yes, uh, win, uh, Games for Windows. Oh, no, no, no. They, they ditched it's that. It's not uh, called Windows that 10. anymore, right? Yeah, Windows 10. Windows 10. The Windows 10. No. Okay. Yeah. So I will. They call it the cro- They call no, they call it Xbox Play Anywhere. Apparently. Man, I'm so confused still. I, I still I'm still calling Let's it Games call for it Windows, Windows Live. 10. It's available on Windows. <laughs> And on your Xbox. Not on Steam, unfortunately. Uh, soon. Kind of. I don't know. It, I doubt so. I mean, it's a one Microsoft of these exclusive. Days. It's gotta stick to its platform and damn well like it there. Man, I can imagine a, a future where it just comes pre-installed with Windows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's all we have to say about Gears. At the moment, yeah. 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 So we're gonna take a breather. Breather here. Yes, yes. Okay, and we'll be right back after these messages. I'm Mike Ross. Thank you for listening to the Last King podcast. And we're back. So, Mr. Toffee. Yo, what up? I heard you've been running around having fun in a new game that came out. Oh, what is that? What game is this, may I ask? Oh, come on. You've been playing some Mafia 3, have you? Yeah, but I don't know if I can say I can use the word fun in this. Oh, no. It's more like an exercise. Okay, let's just give some context for for the people who may not know what the Mafia series is. So for is. all of you who have been living under the rock and not realize that there's been three of these games so yes, far. Yes, there were actually three of these games now. Um, now, the first two, I believe they came out on PC. It's still under the 2K banner. I think one of them came out on console. I remember playing um, Mafia One of them came 2. out I believe Mafia 1 was also on the original Xbox. The classic, yeah. The classic Xbox. The old Duke. Now, it wasn't supposed to be a GTA killer, despite the fact that it's set in open world. It's supposed yeah. to be a very narrative-driven game, which just happens to be in a GTA-style world. Now, the problem when you do that is that if your world is empty, there's not much, and there's not much activity beyond go here, kill dude, collect shit, drive a car, go to point A to point B. Then you don't have much of a game. 
Sorry. Now the problem with Mafia 1 and Mafia 2 to an extent is okay. while the stories are really great yeah, I like 2 a lot yeah. Yeah. It's gameplay it leaves a lot to be desired Now fast forward to part 3 Here we are Are we gonna get the same thing? It's 2016, yes you will Oh no Yeah so this will burst everyone's bubble here uh, Mafia 3, it's it's got a good setting, it's got a good story but it doesn't have the gameplay to match it Okay. So I believe this is the part where you're gonna give me some questions about what's going on, where are we gonna do well, this? Well, my only experience with the Mafia series is basically Mafia 2, which I kind of enjoyed, but I kind of also realized that here's another one of those games that is trying its best to join in and fill in the ranks of all the other GTA clones. Now granted, I mean, we also kind of probably need to bring up the fact that whenever you release a game of this kind of uh, genre, caliber, quality, I don't know, you will always be compared to the granddaddy, the biggest, the juggernaut, the Grand Theft Auto series, right? And also the Saints Row to an extent. Dude, the Saints, Sa Saints Row is the logical, <laughs> the logical, the logical step to the left. Yeah. You know, it's like it's the perfect mirror to the GTA series. And I'm so upset that four wasn't great, and that the whole company hey, hey, changed. Hey, I like four, but it was a different tangent of its own. It's uh, like the Crackdown sequel. I will it. leave. I, I will give four props for giving us Rowdy Rowdy Piper and Keith Dave, yes, David. Keith David for life. Yeah. That that they live sequel that, <laughs> that should have been or could have been. But okay, let's not go too far off into that tangent. Yeah. So Mafia Three is actually set in a 1968 period where. Is it after the events of the, the second Mafia game? Um. Way after, I think a few years after. Because the this way is, this is in the McCarthy era. Oh, okay. And this was set in New Orleans, uh, a facsimile of New Orleans. They call it New Bordeaux. Mm -hmm. So and racial, the affirmative action, all that still is still happening around that time. Okay. So you're gonna see a lot of racism happening, especially when you're playing your main character, Lincoln Clay. What the antebellum South yeah. and all that. Yeah? African American guy who just came back from now. So now he's doing a duty of now. Now you're a black guy. In yes. a mafia game. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you gotta form your own mafia in the Tale of Revenge because his whole crew got killed, his friends, his uh, adopted dad got murdered. Like, first <laughs> 20 minutes of the game. Man, I'm pretty sure we mentioned in the Luke Cage segment, like, we have enough with the, enough the father figure. Uh, but this is going to the path of the most destruction. So, he's there, he's gonna go team up with the Haitian mob, mm -hmm. he's gonna team up with the Italian mob. Okay. Uh, led by the Mafia 2's protagonist Vito. Oh, he's back. Yeah, he's back. He's okay. older. I think he's around 60, 70 ish. Mm -hmm. He's he can still curse. So like it's a within the same universe. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's not a total spin-off. No, no, no. It's like a sequel, a gradual sequel okay. in the same universe. And then he's got this Irish guy named. Uh, I keep forgetting every third character's last name. O'Malley, you know? O'Toole. I want to say O'Malley. Okay, his <laughs> name will pop up eventually. Um, <laughs> Burdock. Okay, we're just saying. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say, say Irish mob, Irish mob guy. Okay. Who actually is really good with oh, handling sh 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 cards and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so you got these three guys. Um, when you proceed to the story, killing off mob bosses led by the main bad guy Sal. Mm. And um, yeah, as soon as you get control of different districts, you get to assign them to one of the three mob bosses you are friends with. Okay. The more territories you you give to other guys, and if you kind of so there's a lot of faction control. Is that what you're trying to yeah, say? Yes, faction control. Mm. In practice, it can work, especially when you can if you want to actually maintain like all three of them. Okay. But in no, sorry. In theory, it will work that way. Like maybe maybe there's a ability you like at one faction, but you kind of want it in the other. Okay. And if you don't want them to actually betray you near the end of the game, you kind of want to give it evenly. Oh. Now okay. the problem is in practice, um, Cassandra's buffs. Which basically handles, which actually makes your guns 
shooting skills godlike, mm-hmm. she's the most powerful one among the lot. That's okay. the skill tree you want to improve more. So but who's you, Cassandra? Uh, she's the Haitian mob. She's right. actually part of the Haitian mob. Okay. Uh, purple color. Whereas uh, Vito is the blue colored guy and the Irish guy is the green. So it's of course, very strange for a game that's called Mafia. Because if I do recall clearly in Mafia 2, it was very Italian mob centric. Yeah, so yeah. Calling, it, calling it Mafia made sense. Now, what I've seen and what you've explained to me when I look at this game, it really feels like, oh, we're, we're going to get all the different kinds of mobsters in. Yeah, it's more like a coalition of a new Mafia with different races and whatnot. So the only ones missing is, what, is the Yakuza and the Chinese triads, right? Yeah, probably a different country and mm-hmm. all that. Oh wait, they did that. Sleeping Dogs. <laughs> very good game. Oh, and Yakuza. <laughs> From Sega, dude, Yakuza. That's another part. That's another. Sh- that's another episode. From that's another a. Time. They're in a different category. They are not a GTA clone. A Yakuza game is far from what you'd expect. Yeah. It's 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 the good kind of expectations. <laughs> it's the good kind of surprise. Yo, when they have actual JV girls playing hostesses, man, and playing ping pong with you <laughs> and going into the bats. Okay, stuff, okay, yeah. we're, we're we're meandering again. No, we we always do this. Yeah, so um, Mafia Three. Yeah. Where were we? All right, so this is supposed to be a serious take on like a tale of revenge and a tale where a black guy is trying to make it out alive and trying to hit down on this guy who's basically fucking up his life mm-hmm. while also trying to deal with prejudice here and there there's even a stage where you actually are fighting in a KKK rally oh, wow. led, by, <laughs> led, led by, by a radio DJ guy who you come, come across later on mm. who had ties and stuff and whatnot as you can tell because of the mafia game right so I mean I guess if it says it's set in the 60s, okay, it's a, it's a gangster movie where you are the protagonist, you're a black guy, yeah. okay? Does it veer into that really cool, fun, black exploitation kind of silliness? Not really. It Not at all? Oh, more such like, a I'm waste. gonna beat the shit out of you, I'm gonna make a statement because I hate your guts, but at the same time, I kinda wanna make sure these guys are with me in my one-sided tale of revenge. And his uh, friend, Father James, is trying to lead him to the path so of So his father figure is literally a preacher? F- Another preacher, yes. Another pre- there's a preacher. Named Father game. James. Yeah, his name is Father James. Wow. <laughs> I know it sounds Didn't cliche, coming, but, no, but <laughs> I know it's cliche, but the way they handled it, as in the documentary style, mind you, okay. recollecting the different events here and there, it actually works out pretty alright. I wish the game actually followed suit because uh, here all, we go. Yeah, this is the bad part about the game. Like, this is actually a problem that the Mafia games have been facing, and this one just expands upon it. Okay. You'll be doing the same missions over again. What you do is when you'll be given an assignment to lure out a boss from a racket, you go around to a district destroying uh places where they have alcohol or bootleg stuff. Destroy that. You go hit on informants. You just beat the shit out of them until you until they cough up the info and then you also kill hitmen like uh, enforcers once you've done all that and brought the uh, racket price down to zero you go back to the guy who gave you the mission and then and he you tells you that in. and he tells you that oh okay this guy is actually out so you're gonna have to look for that guy kill him in the setting and then repeat ad nauseum for the other few districts now for the bigger guys, you actually have to go to a set piece like in a carnival or in a KKK rally I mentioned. Okay. And you even have to be in a boxing match at one point. Oh. Okay. These are okay set pieces, but the thing is the gameplay is just so rote. I mean, you just shoot, you kill, you collect stuff, you drive from point A to B without any resistance. Sometimes you get resistance, sometimes you get the hitmen coming after you, but that's pretty rare. And you may have the cops coming after you, but you can just outrun them. you probably die if, let's just say, you hit a brick wall by a literal brick wall instantly <laughs> and then you get cornered, the cops have the shotgun in your face, you die. Oh, okay. 
There's not much of a penalty when you die too, so it's pretty... So you respawn some you, hospital... You respawn, you lose half your money, you just start over from that checkpoint. Kind of following the, the tropes of the GTA series. Yeah, yeah. And and, games of that ilk. The thing is, it could have circumvented that. I felt that Hangar 13 for... I mean, this is their first time doing a AAA game. They have different experiences with shooters. So the shooting is okay. It's solid. What have they done before? Ah... Uh, Miracle? Anything of note? Not anything of note. I know the guys used to work from Vancouver and parts of Canada, but that's it. Okay. They have done projects here and there. Yeah, we'll look at that some other time. Yeah. Now the point is like for these guys to gather together and with this ex- with this expectation set for a sandbox game, mm-hmm. I don't see much sandbox activity. No, like oh, I get to date this chick. Oh, I got to uh, do a bunch of different. I mean, there's so many fetch quests and there's so many killing missions. They're all they're all about the same and they're kind of repetitive. I know that the Mafia series has always, always been about storytelling, but if you want to do it, do it that route. Why not just cut down the gameplay by twenty hours, of giving us a twenty hours? So it's like very grindy in a sense. Where... Super grindy, dude. Mm. If you want to actually have all the districts dished out, and you want to keep all three Mafia bosses like alive, if you wanted to, doesn't really affect the ending that much. Then you kind of have to do one district and then another district, and then do a couple, three more with the with the guys just underneath Cell, like the main big boss guy. So basically, what you need to do is try and gather strength and uh, like basically build some sort of relationship with all these other factions, so that you as a a bigger army can take over the. Yes, yes, you're basically uh, just uh, encroaching uh, different districts with these three mob bosses. Okay. Now the thing is, your missions don't actually they aren't variable. They're not completely different. They are very rote, they're very generic. It's like, okay, and even the enemy AI is pretty stupid. Like, um, for this one point where I'm basically sneaking through the bayou, uh, through uh, Broken Down Carnival, that's a guy just literally just next to me and his flashlight was just at the side. He does not know that I'm there for the past minute or so. Oh. So he does not even turn around. I'm just living Breathing next to the guy at the box there. <laughs> I just shifted the fuck out of the guy like it was nobody's business. So like And they... then when there are two guys talking to each other, like okay. having a conversation, I shift one guy, his partner didn't even notice I was just there until I'm within point view of him, you know, like you know that whole cone of vision. Okay. Unless I'm there, he's not gonna notice me. So that's pretty bad AI right there. So the AI is little leaves a lot to be <laughs> uh, it's just it's not giving you a challenge you are mm. just going through this if you play guns of blazing you might find a bit of a challenge because uh, lincoln, lincoln clay for all of his posture he can die pretty quick okay but if you play it safe if you play it sneak if you play it stealth mode it's almost cheating because the ai is pretty brain dead because i've been using the same tactics from then until the first 10 hours or so Okay. It's just insane, dude. And then the other twenty, the other ten hours. Although the story is good, it's just the same thing over and over again. I mean, the way you describe it to me, it kind of brings to mind. Like, have you played Red Faction, Gorilla? Oh, Gorilla! Yes, yes. It reminds it, it, the way it sounds just like the problem I have with games like they are open world where in between the set pieces of the boss fights it's few and far between because you're just literally doing the same five different tasks uh, over and over Here's the thing again. about Red Faction Guerrilla they'll tell you do this but they don't tell you how they don't tell you what to use I mean, the, yeah. they can figure out what you can do from there you can just terramorph by just shooting the ground or you shoot the pillars or you shoot the bridge this one they tell you step by step that's what makes it a bit mundane and feels more like a chore okay it just tells you like oh do this do that carry this guy 
um, you gotta take sh- this truck, go from there. Mm. They don't actually. They will tell you. They'll give you instructions compared to red faction. So it's like pretty dumbed down. Is that what you're trying to say? It is super dumbed down. Oh wow. And the and it's kind of a shame too because you have this lovely open world. Like compared to Mafia Two and One, New Bordeaux is alive. You actually have people doing chores. You have people actually cleaning windows in a car shop. Okay. You got these people running around. So the world and the environment is a little bit it's more alive. It's scripted and alive, like a Skyrim game. Oh okay. But. <laughs> Not as detailed Skyrim as a Skyrim game. is very... Look, a game like Skyrim, there is few and far between, but the thing is... Yeah, just you'll see it there and then... Going they have... from one point to another, there's things to do. Yeah, there's a lot of things to do, unlike yeah. Mafia. I mean, here, it's like... I know the tales take precedence, but... You shouldn't have actually set up, set yourself up for the fall, you know? Mm. Because when you have these expectations, when you, when you build this big thing and you do, do all these like missions here and there, there are certain expectations you have to fill. Yes, especially in this even, day and age. Yeah, and I haven't even mentioned the bugs that pop up. Oh, tell I've me about re- the bugs. Yeah, okay, I've <laughs> seen reports of people's games crashing. Thankfully, okay. within my first 20 hours or so, nothing has happened. Okay. Uh, they did crash before I went to the last stage, but that's it. I think it's because I've been playing too damn long, I had to restart it, I guess. Always the worst place to crash. Yeah. And uh, the, 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 the more glaring bugs are the ones where I'm just driving down the countryside uh, in the bayou, just around the bridge. When I just turn around to look at the sun, oh my god, the glare of the sun has just got so oh, the, high. The bloom effect. The, the very huge bloom effect just popped up. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ, where's JJ Abrams when you need him, you know? That sort of like bloom effect. Oh, okay. It's just like, it just hits you like a like a punch in the face. Mm. And when you're doing certain missions, then you see some guys like suddenly having a different kind of light collusion effect compared to the others. Okay. It's very glaring when you see, it's just very, very obvious like, Maybe this, you're not, it's not supposed to happen like that, you know, like you see some telling signs. Someone's supposed to, not supposed to be shining like Jesus, you know, like Jesus <laughs> putting the spotlight on you, you know. Okay, I mean, so aside from, I mean... It's mostly lighting issues from my side. Nothing like, game-breaking. So Are you playing this on PS4 uh, actually? You're playing PS4. this on the PS4? So this game lacks a lot of polish, is that what you're trying to say? Um, a lot of fun, especially when you've and done the same fun. mission <laughs> 10 times over, you'd be like... God, just get me to the fucking story, yo. So let me guess. And there's no fast travel, by the way. Oh god. Yes. So it's basically a variation of a fetch quest, an escort mission, a bank robbery heist yeah. kind of mission. Without a, a fa- race. Without a fast travel system. Look, I can understand mm. that you want me to experience the world from going left to right, but if you don't give me that much interesting things to do, then I may need the fast travel option and if you don't give me that, I'm gonna hate your game even more. Okay, so it's unnecessarily draggy. Is that yes, what you're trying to say? There's a draggy, lot of yes. places where they could have trimmed the fat and made it a more leaner, slicker game that would definitely improve on the experience. Yeah, yeah, if they made the game a tad shorter, that'll be fine. Dude, dude, if this was an eight hour game, it would be much more effective. You think so? Yes, it would. So if it was if like... they if they kept the driving and the if just kept the driving and the shooting, it's fine. So Even like... if they have invisible walls at certain sections, I don't care. Because mm. the story enough is really good. But would you expect me to sit down and play the game for 20 plus hours doing the same damn shit over and over again? It's just, it just ruins the experience. Especially when you have such a strong thematic kind of story like, you know, dealing with Lincoln Clay and in this really, really messed up setting with the communists and then you're hunting That's down communists. That's communists too? <laughs> no, no, I mean, this is the time when the McCarthyism era is happening, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's like a big spiral per se. Okay, I mean, so you're not having fun because they're just giving you too much to do. Things become very grindy, very mundane. Yeah, yeah. The things that you do, they're too, they're, they're, they're more of the same. 
Mm. Way, way too grindy. Like an RPG without stats. So it's a wash, rinse, repeat kind of game where yes, basically. So all of this basically adds up to you need to gain a certain amount of reputation within all these factions, and only then can you fight the final boss. Couldn't you just like bypass all this and just go straight for him? It would have been nicer if there was a fast travel system, and if they actually cut down some missions length by. Maybe if they put the missions slightly closer. Compared to like me going from one end to the other, like it just felt like what five. But how big is this miles? world? Uh, if I go from one corner to the other, I can probably reach the end in about maybe less than like ten minutes or so. Okay. It's still not, it's not too big, but it will just grow on you. Like you'll just get fed up. But you're also limited by the kind of transportation that was available within the logic of the game, which is cars, uh, yeah, bikes, cars, walk. Actually, just cars, cars and trucks. Really? Yeah. Oh, no, no bikes. No, no, no bikes at the time. Oh wow, <laughs> interesting. So now, now, now. All right. Um, if if they just cut down the game's fat by a lot, I would appreciate this game more. But I just gotta give it like a half score. I guess. Yeah, you. That's just my verdict right there. Like a five upon ten. Yeah, five. Okay, four it's for story, one for like, dude, you're doing the same thing over and over again. So it's a just pass. It's just pass. Yeah. Not a just cause. <laughs> okay, just cause yeah. <laughs> that, that, that can probably score higher. Right? I'm not a fan of the series though. I'm, I, I, I kinda like I kinda like the you know the the facsimile Al Pacino kinda guy in that oh, show. Which one? Just cause two? Just cause two and three. Oh man. He's nah. it, kinda funny in his own way. Eh, it's okay. I mean like for me when I play this kind of uh, GTA open world giant style games right yeah it's very important that you keep the content going like I would when you have a bungee cord thing and you got your parachute I think that's actually more than enough to come out with creative shit to destroy shit I would say like my favourite style of (coughs) GTA clone out of all of them right now would probably be Witcher 3 Mm. because Witcher 2 is a straight up RPG Witcher 3 is a GTA clone yeah, yeah, on a, a horse. Clone. See, see, that's the <laughs> you thing got about so GTA. much shit to do in that game. Yeah, yeah, and that was actually more fun. I mean, I know it's a lot of work. Yeah, but it's work. And that it's a good story. It's rewarding. Too, yeah, yeah, but it's rewarding because each story, that each side quest, all that gives you like little nuggets of story told by the developers. And also, it adds to your experience and your character, and you actually build and grow and define your playstyle as you play. Yeah. So what I'm getting at is like when you play something like Mafia Three, it like, has to be rewarding, but you can't see it. In so Mafia literally, 3. if you don't do any of these missions, or if you do any of these missions, it doesn't change your character in any way whatsoever. Not really, no. There's no, no stats or no nothing. Well, I mean. You get to shoot better, I guess, but that's only when you're so your guns do more damage or you hold more ammo. Very hold more normal ammo. stuff. You like. get to call dudes to actually take the money for you. You get to call mobsters. Oh, okay. You gotta drive. You get to drive faster. You get better cars. Depending on the reward system for mm. each different mafia, you get mob, mob boss. But, but the thing is, um, it's kind of one-sided because Cassandra and Vito's power-ups are better than Burke. That's his name. Burke's power-up. That's not very Irish. Yeah, <laughs> it is Burke. Yeah. Oh, Burke. Yeah. Burke. No, not O Burke, just Burke. Thomas hey, Burke. Burke, okay. No wonder I forget his name because I expected an O at the end, at the beginning. <laughs> but, okay, so, in essence, Mafia 3, more of the same. The only thing that's really changed was, like, they, it's, it's just canon. It's just a more story. racially charged. I mean, I won't say racially charged. They made more, it more like, di- uh, it's they a diversified. Story, but they diversified things. Yeah. In, in a good way. I mean, it's not pandering to anything. It's just like, oh, wow, tell this story. It just so happens to be in this really fucked up period. But how would you rate this amongst all the other GTA clones? I mean, GTA 5 as of the most recent GTA. Oh, right? it, it does not hold a candle. So that's to the any pinnacle. Then probably right below that, I would say something like, you know, okay, Saints Row, which is going on its own tangent. But at least, even though the <laughs> missions can be a little bit grindy and repetitive, 
you can do it any what way you want. I mean, yeah, I felt that Saints Row Four, I won't. It's repetitive in the sense that okay, I get to collect these orbs anywhere the fuck I like. But it's but just so batshit like. crazy fun, right? Yeah, it yeah. is. It just feels fun when you collect it when you try to climb up goddamn towers and climb up UFO. <laughs> I'll, I'll just run, bro. <laughs> In Mafia Three, your only collectibles are like what pin up, pin up Playboy artwork, and even then they're basically found in like at the end of every boss fight. So what? What I'm trying to get it is basically Mafia 3 seems to be a game that is not aware of the quality of games of its genre yeah. where it's kind of stuck in its own tropes and its own systems yeah, or maybe I think it's, it's purposely trying team. to keep its gameplay simple because they want to let the story shine but you can actually make your gameplay shorter you know yeah, okay. and from that aspect it'll be, it'll be better or you'll be better for it could it also be maybe it's like a rush production I mean you did mention that some of the game aspects especially the graphics was like it could bugs. be a rush thing um, I, mean, I, I think we both were discussing this theory that there is actually a game coming in November, Dishonored. Dishonored 2 Which is definitely... basically an, uh, yeah, an action-adventure game. Mm-hmm. Not really open world, but you've got different options to tackle it. I would say Dishonored and Bioshock are kind of in the same category. I mean, Dishonored 1 was amazing. I yeah, love why, why couldn't Mafia 3 be that? Because Dishonored 1 was actually like, what, 10-15 hours? Depends how you played it, yeah. Yeah, even if you play stealth, you, it's still like, what, at most is 15 hours or even less than that if you're pretty quick. I cleared it in 9 hours, I think. Yeah. Or even less, exactly. Whereas you play Mafia 3, it's padded out unnecessarily. Like 20, uh, 20, 30 hours plus. So it feels less like a game and more like a day job all of a sudden. Yeah, it just feels <laughs> like very, very grindy. I mean, like, games like, I mean, even other games of within the GTA clone genre. I mean, like, something like Sleeping Dogs, which at first I thought, okay, here's another wannabe GTA game. With a pretty good story, actually. But yeah, even though. It's the same kind of missions, you know, it's assault missions, rescue missions, uh, bank heists, racing missions, right? But it was done, it was just shaped and uh, carved, I would say, they trimmed the fat really well on that game. And the definitive edition is probably the one to get, it's like 5 bucks yeah, it, it was cool to get your power I up just from some random game. hawker center. And then the random kung fu all of yeah. a sudden. <laughs> and the fighting was good, you get to actually do judo chop, uh, you get to do like uh, martial arts stuff as well, that was a zodiac <laughs> tournament too. Oh yeah, did you get the DLC where you fought like Chinese vampires and stuff. Oh, I did not. I heard that was really cool. Dude, yeah. that was... It's silly. It's fun. I mean, it's a game where it... Like, the main story is... It's tight. Well done, well paced. So, like... And I don't think it took that long to finish. Like, you know, what, 15 hours tops like that? I think it was one of those games where it was like... Uh, probably... It was supposed to be another game that it spun up into what it became. It was probably like a, like a dead to rights or a... It was supposed to, but That's the it was supposed no, no. It was supposed to be a true crimes uh, New York. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Then it became its own thing. It was supposed to be like true crimes. And China Lucy Liu was supposed to be a main character, but the marketing execs said no, no girls in being a lead protagonist. We, fuck, man? we can't afford them her anyway. Uh, okay, so Mafia Three, Five Upon Ten, yeah. could have been because there was there's other games you can pick, but the story is worth going through at the very least. Okay, so mildly recommended? Mildly recommended. Or I would wait say, for sale. Yeah, wait for sale actually. Wait yeah. for sale or DLC to pad it out even more. Yeah, <laughs> oh god. I mean what they can do to fix it, I believe, is like if they have like a if they have like a DLC I mean if they have like a side mission where you can control Don John Donovan, he's actually a CIA handler in the game. Okay. He's actually kinda of funny. Like in the more like quirky way like oh, is him again? John Donovan. John Donovan, yeah. 
He's actually the guy who helps you out and gets the info and everything. Right. He's also during the he's also appearing during the Senate hearings in the cutscene so uh, because he kind they kind of need to he kind of needs to debrief. basically a vessel for exposition also in some points. Right? Yeah, in the in the actual documentary bits of the show, mm. he's basically just a comedy. He's like half serious, half funny in a sense because he trying to learn calisthenics and stuff mm. and. Then, he just says the weirder shit sometimes. I think he just weird well. He's gonna be a playable character, have his own little mini expansion. Oh, yeah. He's personal he's personable enough. Yeah. Okay, so wait for sale. Uh, Mafia 3, if you really wanna play a game, there's so many more other options out yeah, there. Too we many should options, probably yeah. do a listicle too where we, we all we do is just list uh, GTA style games to play besides GTA. Yeah. <laughs> we have quite a lot actually. We could come out with a list now if we wanted Starting to. Starting from one. Okay. Well, that's going to definitely happen in the future. So, uh, that's our thoughts on Mafia 3. Uh, stay tuned and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Gutex. Thanks for listening to the Last King podcast. survive the game start 2016 weekend which happened from, um, from october 7th to the 9th so i think by the time it's you're hearing this it's kind of over huh? yeah it's way over <laughs> but it was over in a good way like yeah lots of people coming down we met up with some pretty cool people i actually met up with, an old, with one or two people who actually remember me from my game spot days oh who That's, could these guys be i wonder well, hmm. one, one one of the guys is a guy named felix uh, thanks a lot for visiting me all the way shout out to felix yes thanks felix i feel very appreciated and cool and all that okay awesome and then yeah we've got a big retro booth as well. I mean, well, actually, it's something I've been helping out. Mm. I don't know if I'm jumping the gun here. Oh. Should we just go back to back on what we saw and what was pretty awesome? I know what. Okay, tell you what. Since you've already brought it up, okay, let's just do the proper shout outs. Okay, Mr. Toffee here was doing double duty. Not only was he there representing the Last King podcast, but you were at the Retro DNA bo- yeah. booth. Not boobs, booth, booth. Sorry. Retro booth to be like. Those uh, monster Jenna girls Jameson, are still yeah. on my mind, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jenna Jameson, most likely. Okay, but shout outs to uh, Gerald. Uh, who else was there? Jerome. Uh, Gerald, Jerome, Aim. JK. JK, <laughs> Len as well. Yo. Another Jerome, I believe. Okay. Yeah, there's quite a lot of Jerome. No, yes. man, if you need. Uh, Edwin and a couple of more people who I can't mention because my throat is kind of sore. My <laughs> is very, I'm, I'm actually high on so much tequila right now. Still so recovering from Game Start. Well, and we've already also... recovered, but at the same time, we got a bit inebriated like, because that's that's how we roll. Like. Okay, so like, let, let's give an opportunity to these guys because these guys are bringing it back. Old school OGs. Without these guys, we won't even have a retro DNA booth. Because that's one of the biggest 
how do you say, uh, people actually gather around to look at new games. If they want to play old games, they come up to this spot. Yes, because we're gonna give some shine to the to, to those that have paved the way before what we've done. Yeah. Yo, I, I came down the first day to check it out. I got myself, I scored myself a copy of Classic Strider on Sega Genesis. Yeah. The Were original Japanese yeah. cover. Were you also playing Arrow the Acrobat at the time? Oh, well, I couldn't find a copy of that <coughs> though, but <laughs> yo, what I did do was I had myself a... I think a throwback. Uh, let, let, let's do a, a callback to also one of our early episodes in uh, fighting games to play besides Street Fighter. I finally got a chance to hands-on experience SNES Tournament Fighters Ninja Turtles. Oh yes, yes. I've, and yeah, it's it is pretty good. Right? It's better than the Sega one. I have so to agree. Once better. I finally touched it, and I actually did a, a, a small competitive. I mean, I like what the booth was doing. Was basically allowing people not just to look at games and buy games and maybe trade in games, but also they set up all these little CRT TVs. Yo, the throwbacks. And then it had all these old Picture school consoles. Picture perfect with the scan lines and whatnot. With no input lag, you know, back in the day when things were all analog. I don't think input lag was a thing at all. I no, mean, it doesn't yeah. exist. It's, it's basically, you know, the integrity of that TV yeah. cable that... It either works or it doesn't. I don't understand why now in this digital age. Uh, like, why can't you figure that out, you know? I mean, like, Street Fighter Five is still suffering from all sorts of weird input lag and stuff. It's shameful. I mean, unless shameful. you play on a PC, but then you need quite a beefy PC. But I digress. Yo, just seeing a super gun... And then like what they had wrestle oh, man. Uh, WWF WrestleFest. This was a time Yo. before they changed it to WWE. This was like yeah. the first arcade uh, WrestleMania game that came out before any other wrestling game. You know, like, like in the arcade first. Mm-hmm. By the guys with the double dragon technos. Sixteen like bit like uh, like, if, I think Hogan. beyond 16 it's an arcade 24 board. bit maybe 32 maybe, bit maybe. you know seeing like OG wrestlers like yeah. Earthquake and all that and <laughs> the nasty, not the nasty boys I know that was uh, Legion of Doom Legion of Doom it? yes Legion of Doom <laughs> Mr. Perfect as well so, Ultimate Warrior yo shout outs to Retro DNA for keeping the old school thing alive and it was the only place where you could actually play that game at that time <laughs> it was insane in all dude. of Singapore yes. if, you, if you needed to play yeah. So shout out those guys for a job well done. You know, having a packed booth and having people coming down and playing all these classic games. So since we're on the the, the love fest, the shout out fest, I also want to kind of give a small shout outs to our uh, our cousins, our sister show. I don't know, but also uh, to the boys, friends, Gray, friends. to our friends at Grey Ogre Game. Yeah, okay. they're, they're, they're keeping Mikhail, the whole old school gaming and all gaming alive. Definitely, if you, if you need your Magic the Gathering or your Dungeons and, and Dragons fix, your tabletop uh, goodness, right? Shoutouts to Grey Ogre Games, Mark, uh, Mikhail, all the M guys. Also to Little Afian for rocking the wizard suit. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's and pretty also cool. to uh, our other friends at Lion Geek. You know, Ruben. Uh, Rakta was there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rakta Lin. She, yeah. she was someone I interviewed. She was an artist I interviewed in the past SGGCC episode. Now, rocking uh, pretty cool video game artwork. Yes, she yes. was actually drawing at the same... At one time when uh, my... This musician, Asama, was performing on stage. No, one of the coolest guys I've met. Yeah, yeah. he's really cool. Um, he was actually playing uh, FF10's 2 Xanarkan mm. while Raktalim was drawing Yuna. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, speed drawing is a skill. It's nothing to be messed around with. And to do that under so much pressure of people watching, damn, it turned out really well. I think she's, yeah, she's definitely coming up onto her own. But also, yeah. I didn't listen to the whole concert because I had to go back and help out the Versus City guys, but I assume the concert ended up alright. I right? checked it out, yeah. I mean, like, I asked, uh, 
As like if you could play some Chrono Trigger stuff, and you did, you know. So wow, he takes requests. Uh, win scene, right? Mm-hmm. Win scene. So shout outs to you, Asamu. I think you can follow him on Twitter. He's at what? He's at Twitter. He's on Facebook. He's everywhere, right? Yeah, he's everywhere. We'll yeah. post the we'll post the links too. But you know, thank you also for a lovely conversation. Yes, you know. About the old school stuff. Actually, he was actually shopping at the old school retro booth quite a lot. All of us were at the old yeah. school retro booth, and who else did pop by the old school retro booth? Bartman and Spooky from the Fighting Game side. Mr. Victor Fontaines and Mark Hulu. Yeah. Wow, legends. Wow, you actually remember Spooky's full name? I, I just call him. Spooky. We're friends with him. I'm friends with him on t- on Facebook, yo. <laughs> okay, I've been following him since back in the Street Fighter Four vanilla, starting nice. up the Team Spooky, the TS. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's done a lot for the community. He's done a lot for fighting games in general, and but more importantly, his contribution to the whole uh, game streaming scene. You know, I mean, yeah. he is ground zero for all this love and action. Now, the thing about this retro booth is, it's trying to draw these kind of guys to our fold. Mm-hmm. But you know, these guys are overseas, so they're only gonna be around because they, they're from LA or from America Yo, or yeah. the Philippines. So to actually get local guys to actually come down to show off that kind of passion, not that easy. They much rather just play than actually set it up. But it takes a certain responsibility to set it up. And I don't want to sound underappreciative of, of the people coming down, but I kind of need to actually get people... We need we need to get people, Retro DNA guys, the Versus City guys, Versus City guys, need to actually get these guys who are really willing to actually have the consoles being played or being shown off like that for future shows and even for some exhibitions requiring retro gaming to come. And also, it's really hard to find these people so hopefully by spreading the word across we can call out some cool souls willing to help us out I mean yeah I think probably there is a small pocket or small niche uh, group of people out there who are looking for old school stuff so we're here to just inform you and let you know that it does exist okay? yeah. so I mean how do you, else do you find uh, Retro DNA and Versus City do they have a Facebook or a Twitter uh, they do have a Facebook uh, Versus City dash VSC if I recall I think we'll, make, we'll put the links we'll put on. links later but it's Versus City dash VSC yeah, but again, shout outs to Gerald, JK, Jerome, all those lovely yeah, guys. Yeah, Len and everyone else. Yeah. Okay. They, they, they're, they're rocking it. They're rocking it. And, yeah, and, and, and selling me a sweet copy of Strider 16. <laughs> You're still gushing out about that. Dude, I owned that game like twice and I lost it twice and I finally own it again. It's, it's, it's just going to be a centerpiece in yeah. my living room, man. Yeah. With I'm, an actual centipede inside the game. Yeah, it, it, your fight. <laughs> I Russian said, centipede, yo. I said centerpiece. Yes. Proper drunk right now. Okay, <laughs> but besides all these cool people... Okay. There was also there was also an Xbox booth as well and a PlayStation showcase yeah. of the Southeast Asian Mages. Well, but let's go to the Xbox booth. They actually were showcasing Gears some of War stuff, 4. Gears of War 4, which we've covered in either... We'll probably showcase it. It's, it's an episode we did somewhere. Yeah, and I'm, I mean... We don't have to talk about it too much. I, I tried a little bit of it. of it. It was kind of fun. I mean, like, it took up... But the thing is, it was, it was right next to the main stage, you know. I mean, what I got my attention was at that Xbox uh, booth or section. Yep. There was a little FIFA tournament going on. Oh, okay, okay. And then like there was there was a, quite a gathering and I didn't realize that there was quite a very thriving uh, local FIFA scene. So shout outs to those guys for having some really epic and entertaining matches. There was also a Forza 3 uh, Forza Horizon 3 demo. There was also a record demo. Man. Yeah, I mean yeah. this I, is these are these are games we'll probably talk about later on. I think where was the Final Fantasy demo at? Huh? It was actually around the 
for your game area. Okay, I, I remember seeing that and giving that a shot. And I'm like, yo, man, that is on the horizon, yo. Yeah, that's like a few more months or so. That's like November, end of November. And we and don't worry, guys, we're gonna have a Final Fantasy episode coming up soon. Starting all the way from one. <laughs> if we have to. I yes. think to make it easier on ourselves, right? We need to avoid the spin-offs and the the, the secondary we'll, we'll, games. We'll keep it to the mothership titles. Just the mothership titles. Literally, it has to have a number one, two, yeah. three, all the. Oh, then again, you got 13, 2, and 13, and like. You've got returns. 10, 2. Uh, <laughs> we gotta do a lot of homework and research for that, man. Yeah. But it'll probably be either more or twice as epic yeah. as so our let's also Blizzard talk about episode. The, let's also talk about the Southeast Asia mages. Singapore the, represent, yeah. okay? <laughs> but they're, they're like. Oh, oh, this is actually a fighting game tournament that's happening. It's actually together with the Capcom Pro Tour League. Yep. So, what if you qualify, if you actually win this, you actually qualify for that tournament? That's happening end of the year. And who won for Street uh, Fighter? As Tokido, right? Tokido won. Now, here's a story that culminates to that. See, while the entire stage was actually almost... Everywhere else was closed in that Suntech, San, uh, Suntech uh, hallway area closed down. Wow, I'm actually mixing my words here. Let's start all over again. Nah, that's right, man. It's the tequila talking. <laughs> yeah, it's the tequila talking. <laughs> so anyway, when... The, on Sunday, like about 8 plus, when everyone else closed shop, this tournament was still going on. This Street Fighter final. Dude, it was on. a it huge was still, pool, man. It was a top eight yeah. thing going on at the time. And then when they reached the finals between Tokido and Momochi, mm. uh, epic grand finals, epic match. It was good. It was good that it ended with Tokido winning because everyone else was just batshit tired at the end. <laughs> they wanted to leave. They did not want a reset. They did not want a bracket reset. They, they didn't. They didn't. Leave. They didn't care who won. Yeah, they yeah, just want to like, go home. It's over. I'm hungry. Let's <laughs> eat. But luckily, a place called Fumi, which we had our after party after that, okay. actually were generous enough to actually deliver burgers over to that oh, area. Very accommodating. Okay. Yeah, and then it all finished. It, it all finished after two minutes or even less than that. Very nicely. But Tokido taking it. Okay, proving to everyone Ryu is better than yeah. Ken. For yes, yes. <laughs> for, for the update time, I suppose. Sad to say. I mean, he is top tier for a reason. I, I think Ken is still a very strong guy, but again. In the right hands, in definitely. The right hands, yes. but, but, and Momoshi is a damn strong player, so probably wasn't his time. Best there. Ken in the world as and of I now. And I guess he qualified. He's definitely qualified to win, to, to play through CPT. Dude, Momochi will always appear in tournaments. I mean, yeah. his Ken will never die. <laughs> Dude, his kids' Kens will also never <laughs> yeah. die. Man, the whole, he brought. They'll shuriken all the way home. He, did he bring the entire Momochi clan, like all his juniors? His um, No, no, no. I think it's just him and his wife. Yeah, that's it. Joker was there, right? Yeah, Joker was there. Oh, I thought he. Some of his disciples would have showed up. Or I maybe his disciples. What I, what I actually saw, like, what was really cool was that. Infiltration brought his disciple, um, a real player. His name starts with an N, NZ and whatnot. Yeah, I remember that guy. And there was another Korean player, XXYZ. Z. Oh. It sounded like a, it sounded like a Rush song. <laughs> yeah. But damn, it was pretty awesome. I mean, his birdie was really good. That guy. I, I'm actually learning quite a lot from him, like with the setups and all that. But sadly, it wasn't enough to actually make him go forward. But I would say, aside from a Japanese tournament, yo. SEM like no shout outs to the Singapore crew for holding it down yep yep Beast all those guys APAC Beast and, Apex uh, I mean, PlayStation Asia yes and also like to our friends over there Young Tech yep. uh, Ryan who else is there we're just calling him cam- cameraman uh, cameraman <laughs> he's only be the cameraman all these guys for holding it down oh and, god you but, must have been a grueling past few months <laughs> he looks so tired yeah I just waved hi and then was like hey 
and then he just went off to do his work. He was way too busy to cater to uh, us lowly mortals. Yeah. But you know, okay. I was actually kind of hoping to do a shoutcast for one of the KOF tournaments, but it actually finished as soon as it started because the brackets got eliminated pretty quick. And the top four, they had they needed someone else from the staff to do it. Mm. But yeah. I mean, we also have to kind of mention hometown hero, local boys. Of course, Sien, who actually placed in at seventh. Well, top eight at least. Yeah, at least at the top eight. No, but he's still rocking the Fang, right? Yeah, he's still using Fang. Very, very diligently pushing out Fang. Were you there? Did you see who took him out? I um, kind of missed that because I was kind of busy running around. I believe it was a Chun-Li or a Eita who took him out. One of them, one of them. Oh, Eita was around? No, Eita was third. Eita was third place. Oh, wow. He's just following just behind Momochi and Tokido. So if it was not Tokido winning, it was probably Eita or Momochi. One of them could have won. Or the various other monsters killers, and yes. killers from all around the yes, region. Yes, and that was Saku too. Let's not forget Saku. Dude. I gushed like a fangirl when I got a chance to shake hands with the god himself, Mr. Nuki-chan. Ah, I was like, he came down, like, wow! I mean, you were right. I think in our episode where we were like, kind of hyping up GameStart, where we mentioned that, you know, who's coming down for SEM? Like, apparently everybody. Yo, everybody came yes, down! <laughs> Asia represent! You know, I mean, like, if you missed out this, if you missed out on coming down personally and watching it for yourself, check the streams, man. It's nothing but killers. Yeah, and this guy <laughs> <laughs> so friendly to say hi and all that, uh, providing your Japanese is good. So. You know, but like you know, shoutouts to like Itabashi Zangief and Mag- Mago for just you know chatting and like. And also Gutex and Mike Ross for just saying hi. So there's the setup right there, okay? Mr. Gutex and Mr. Mike Ross, okay, two guys that we are fans of and we were really looking forward to meeting and talking to. Yeah. Gave us a little bit of their time in their busy schedule, and these are very busy guys. You yes, know, yeah. we had a nice little conversation. Okay, uh, we'll give. I mean, we'll add the the, the, the interview segment yeah. after I should this. Actually, yeah, uh, yeah, it'll be in lately. But I should give shoutouts to Gutex for actually giving me some dating tips back in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that was this girl I was, you know, trying to hang out with at the time. So he gave me, because he, he's a native in LA, so he gave me like some pretty cool places to bring the girl out. Interesting. So I'm going to leave it as that. So there you go. Cross counter love tips. Huh? Yeah, yeah. And they, and they work, they work. Let's just say that. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, g- give it to Gutex for bringing the yeah. knowledge. And for Mike Ross for remembering what I did back in the day. That's pretty cool. <laughs> he was like, hey, dude, you gotta do more stuff and all that because of the stuff you did with us back in the day. Mm. And that was cool, like, you know. He, it was, it's good that these guys are not only cool and appreciative, but they're also still rocking doing their show up to now. Yeah, I mean, I would just say, like, you know. Uh, giving inspiration to everyone of us. No, like, it was. A, like, just meeting these guys, you know. It's true, that's what they're really like. These are some of the most fun, some of the most down-to-earth, some of the coolest guys you'll ever meet. Okay, if you ever have a chance to meet these guys, you know, like, definitely, just say hi, shake their hands, you know, they've done a lot for the fighting game community. They need all the love and all the support. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. also, also Mark Man as well. It's kind of funny that he popped by the booth. Hey, how's it going? How's the booth doing? And, all Yo, that. No. and he's such a busy guy too, so... And the thing about Mark Man, man, like, we finally found another guy who likes Chrono Cross. <laughs> and <laughs> hey, it has hey, to hey, be Chrono Mark. Cross is the sequel Chrono Trigger needed, okay? But didn't deserve. <laughs> <laughs> not, not the Batman scenario, dude. This is gonna be an RPG episode we're gonna discuss. You should have seen Mr. Toffee. He lit up. Like He was like glaring at me from the side of his eyes like, oh, see? Justified. I'm like, okay, fine. Okay. I'm not saying it's the greatest game, but it's a sequel to Trigger Dessert. No, but and I will leave it as that it was... because we're gonna be <laughs> off tangent from there. I mean, it was kind of nice to see the two of you share on your love of Chrono Cross. Anyway, you all started to talk about characters and stuff. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. You know, 
fine. <laughs> you had your moments, but okay, yeah. I think we do have an interview also with Mr. Mark Julio himself. Not just him, but there's also the Michael Murray, a really cool guy who has done. He's basically the de facto game designer for for the Tekken series. Mm, oh yes, I remember watching the stage show, and then they, they did uh, they did mention some things, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we get to hear about it later on. Man. So anything you want to recap before we close this part off, like. Not not shoutouts, more like what was your best of show or what was the thing that actually made you want to go to GameStar and see in future iterations. I mean, GameStar overall. I mean, I'm not gonna compare it to things like E3 or Tokyo Game Show, but you know, shoutouts to uh, Alicia Lee and the crew for putting together a very, very a well done. Uh, games convention. Uh, I would like to also kind of uh, mention uh, the guys over. Uh, can't remember. Uh, the guys doing Lost Castle. This is one little indie game, uh, and I I checked them out. Uh, awesome guys. The the PR guys were f- some of the funniest people. I mean, I had amazing drinks with them at the after party. Oh yeah, yeah. Shoutouts to those guys, you know. But yeah, I'm definitely gonna be uh, doing a review on Lost Castle and. Uh, Probably it's gonna happen once you know they send me some game codes, you know. <laughs> but uh, and besides that, well, uh, in general, yo, the retro DNA booth. Also, I mean, also much love to uh, GameStart for having like the tabletop guys have their own stage show. That was a magic uh, the gathering and a Dungeons and Dragons uh, stage show that you know you, you you can look at the Overwatch, you can look at the Street Fighter and the King of Fighters. But then okay, much love to the OG video games or the the non video games. I mean, the analog games. Yeah. You know, for getting some shine. Um, how about you, Mr. Toffee? Well, I have to be biased because I've been working at the retro DNA booth. So apart from that. I believe the one thing that actually got me going, that hoping for another good game start, is that they're always trying out new ideas like the D and D live action tabletop thing. It was so fun because those were all game developers up there. Yeah, but they were had they had some audio issues, especially at the end. They even uh, Ian, uh, the dungeon master, couldn't actually hear himself talk. Shout out so, to Ian and Mascarada. Yeah, so this <laughs> also this so so yeah, it could have been improved upon audio wise. So mm. that's more or less like. A, I mean, but technical issues are bound to happen in these kind of situations. Yeah, yeah, but don't give up. That's all I'm saying. You gotta do more of these things. This, as well as the magic, the gathering, display, as well as other shows like maybe another Overwatch tournament. I guess um, there will always be an Overwatch tournament. But you know what? Or maybe a retro DNA, a retro DNA showcasing tournament thing. Do you, you know, know what? With one guy fighting against each other, uh, the Daytona match, <laughs> or a Bomberman thing with the developers. That would be interesting. That can work. That can work. No, if they're gonna do another Magic or Dungeons and Dragons uh, stage show, right? you know what really improved that? Getting these two fuckers here, the Last King podcast, to <laughs> represent. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> hey, hey that, that, that's an idea, right? Me there. in front of an audience, totally different animal. <laughs> but still, yeah. okay. am, I, am I allowed to go PG? Am I allowed to go R? I don't know, man. Fuck it. <laughs> We're doing it live. Oops. <laughs> there you go. This is a Mike children's show. Dropped. <laughs> uh, man, I'll be chucking it at people instead. But what I want to see more is like, okay, more publishers like Ubisoft, all that, showcasing more of their wares, like. More new things that are coming out the following year. Exactly. I can yeah. understand that during October it might be a bit hard because of clearances and all that. Mm. Like trying getting permissions. But if they have it on November, that can work out because the past two games started. They had they had games coming out. They were showcasing games that are coming out the following year. Yeah, so they could tie it in. I, guess. Yeah. I know what you mean. I mean, this is all timing in, in in essence. Also, I mean, you can't get all the game developers to come down, but it still. Um, major but, I props. Can com- but I can compare this to like the earlier times when they started 
TGS or even to an extent E3. Mm, true. Because E3 and uh, TGS have been around for more than 10 years. GameStar's on its third year. E- yeah, and on its third year, it's done leaps and bounds. Yeah. So shoutouts again to Alicia and the crew. That's awesome. And with that, let's go start the interview. So you'll be listening to interviews with uh, Gutex and Mike Ross. Yes. We'll have another uh, segment. Mark Man Julio. Uh, sorry, Mark Man. Mark Man. Mark Man. Yeah, okay. I was follow like, him I on, Julio. Follow him on Twitter at MarkMan23. Yes. Okay, representing the Jordans. Yeah. And also to, um, what's his name? Uh, Michael Murray. Michael Murray, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, talking about Tekken. Yes. Okay, and we will see you guys. This has been your co-host Shafiq, and, and this is Mr. Zafi signing out. Later. Hey, I'm Mike Ross. Uh, probably known from the fighting game community. If you know me from somewhere else, that's even more awesome. Um, Oh, what's up, guys? Uh, it's Gutex here. Uh, Mike and I do a YouTube show called Excellent Adventures on the Cross Counter TV network, the entertainment network for fighting game fans. We have been traveling the world for years, years and years. It's been uh, many times back here in, Sel- uh, in Singapore for Mike. Only my second and a half time for me. Second and a half. Yeah. Well, I came back for dinner once <laughs> on the way home. On the way home from uh, Thailand. Yo, that's, that's, awesome. how, that's, that's awesome. That's yeah. how you do it. That's how you do it. Jet set or status. I stopped in for dinner, had chicken rice. <laughs> but yeah, I think we've seen, Mike and I, I think, have seen yeah. probably more than anyone on the planet, with the exception of maybe, maybe Tokido. <laughs> but I think yeah. we are like top five best, most traveled fighting game people. So we've seen the scene all around the world in so many different countries. We've seen it grow so long, uh, so much from the beginning of you know Third Strike and Marvel 2, and then the explosion of uh, popularity Street Fighter 4 2009, and now it's uh, now we're here in the uh, SunTech Convention Center with a with Rainbow Road on the roof. The best, the best kind of lighting yeah. available. Oh, Easily, yeah. this is the coolest lighting environment I've ever been in in my entire existence. Yeah. So this is awesome. Yeah, the scene has grown so much. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, you know, I might speak for Ryan as well on this, that, you know, the future for us in the fighting game scene is we'll probably be around and involved in it until we're six feet under. Yeah. You know, it's a very good possibility. It's growing. We're growing. We're doing different ventures, you know, we're always trying to do other stuff that's expanding and kind of uh, cool and fun stuff for the community as well. Entertainment as always, because if it's not entertaining to us, it ain't going to be entertaining to anybody else. Yeah, for us, I think we've seen we've seen it grow a lot, and now with the uh, with everything going more esports, yes. we see it's even clearer now that our vision that we had for the way things should be years ago is now yeah. more more important and then, relevant yes. than ever. Correct. So now the question, now the trick is, how do we execute on the original ideas yes. that we had yes. seven, eight, eight years, years ago? <laughs> because now, all you have to do is look around and look at the landscape of esports. I mean, in North America, you have professional sports teams buying up esports teams. Yep. Our angle is to bring the entertainment into esports. Mm. 
I wish you didn't say that yet. <laughs> I wish you didn't give it away right now. Show them what eSports really is. <laughs> you know, they're in the wrestling business. <laughs> We're in the wrestling business, yeah. right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, eSports, the problem with it now is that the word triggers so many people yes. to take offense to it. Like, if you're involved... If you consider yourself an athlete, you're like, that shit is not a sport. Correct. Those are guys sitting there playing video games. Right. If you're a fan of professional sports, you're like, these guys are just dorks playing games. Yeah, yeah. And that's totally fine. Yeah. So what it means is that the term esports on a long enough timeline is going to go the way of professional wrestling. Because now when you watch WWE, you're watching sports entertainment, sports entertainment. not pro wrestling. Correct. So, esports, the word is the pro is the equivalent of pro wrestling. So really, we just have to get it to the point where there's another term that better describes what we do, and that's why I would say we don't really think of it. I mean, anytime I talk to somebody on the outside, I say esports, so they know what I'm talking about. But inside, we think about the entertainment. You're right, though. I like that. Esports, just the word itself, triggers not only professional athletes or prof- you know. Uh, you know, a, a different crowd outside of gaming. It even triggers people within gaming like because us. they haven't even yeah they haven't even found the correct way to spell esports yet. Yeah, capital right. E, lowercase e, lower e, es- capital S, esports, esports. What? Yeah, because if you speak Spanish, it's esports, esports. What? I know. Seriously, go a small e and big ass. That's the stupidest thing in the world. Like, yeah. what? How, how is that a word? Like. You know, you start that at the beginning of a sentence, you're going to have capital E and capital S, right. and then lowercase ports. Your what? autocorrect is never going to learn. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Microsoft Word, always yeah. going to give you that red yeah. line. Right. Yeah, so there you go. Now, <laughs> your thoughts on Street Fighter Five? Like, I mean, okay, it's already out, all that. You paid a shit ton of it already. Yeah. What new things do you want, want it, what new things do you want out of it by the time it's going on next year? Like, any updates? What, what, yeah, what's Mike, what do you want? You know what I want? I want more. I want, you know, I, I always, I want more. Like, I'm going to sound like a spoiled brat that's crying and shaking my rattles. I want more V-triggers. I want more V-gauge. I want more uh, V-skills. I want more critical arts. I want more characters. I want more combos. I want less lag. I want, like, all this kind of stuff. I want a lot. I want it all. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, it is what it is. You're not going to get everything. Uh, if I had a to not be uh, to cry about it and just pick one main thing that I would want it's a realistic thing that you want yeah a realistic thing that I want just continued support and development on it like not to abandon it you know kind of like what happened to Cross Tekken I just hope it doesn't happen to 5 yeah I guess I I also want a lot what I want is a, a more refined and evolved feature-rich online experience. Yes. When you look at the other esports titles, <laughs> one of the things that uh, makes, I mean, not necessarily even esports, but one of the things that makes a game uh, really compelling online is, you know, just the the features when it comes to communication, stats. You know content uh, so I guess I want to see a more the way that like Valve does things with the Steam store and being oh, able to man. create uh, and sell like custom skins and stuff oh. you know there's so many talented people out there that play fighting games 
and they're out there making their own mods, their own costumes and everything. And I, I think that stuff is really cool. I pay for it. And yeah. Oh, dude. I pay for it. I would love if somebody. I would love to commission costumes that that I could use on the P, on the modded PC version. I spent. But, yeah, I spent plenty of money buying. Uh, more than you care to admit. More than I care to admit buying yeah, useless crap on Dota. You know, like, oh, some guy from the marketplace. Is cool? Is it useless, Mike? That's what, see, that's the thing. You know, like, I like this hat that my character has. You know, it's got a little propeller on top. You know what I'm saying? Like, that looks cool. That's and I, useless to And me. you know how much it cost me? How much? 63 cents. That's how the, that's how and they now get my, you. And now my character stands out from the rest. Yeah, see, I, I don't know. Like, those are the little things that I think um, when you... I mean, let's be honest, right? Like, Capcom doesn't is not a um, a PC game developer, right. born from the arcades, yeah. you know. So, I think they're they're doing a really good job for how new to the space they are. Yeah. Uh, but you know, when you look at the other games, you know, when you look at any of the Blizzard games, yeah. and just the ability to to um, to type <laughs> messages to people. You know, like they didn't—they just took the PC, PS4 port, and they ported it to PC with no real thought of like how people that play PC games actually communicate. So, poor communication, more events, better, and better online functionality. Yeah, and like I don't know, more. I can tell you a million ideas. Yeah, like, a million would, things, but it doesn't matter. Love, I would love to see every tournament player that enters. I want to see their CFN as well. Like, yeah. I want to know yeah. what their online name is. I want to know what their ranking is online so as well. Can, Every tournament player. So I can search yeah. his replays yes. and then Everything. study him so that when I play him in tournament, I'm ready. That way, all of us are a part of the same umbrella and ecosystem. You know, So I think uh, that's important. Hi, my name is Mark, also known as Markman. I'm in charge of global business development for Evo. I'm also the brand and community advisor for Tekken. So um, I think we're talking about fighting games, right? Yes, so are. over the last 10 years, there's so many things that have changed. So if we're looking at the last 10 years, uh, there's a lot of big things that happened. Street Fighter 4 came out. I think that's what really changed everything as far as uh, the fighting game scene goes. It introduced uh, fighting games to so many different players, the transition between the old consoles and CRTs, we had to move on to LCD TVs and just a new age of fighting games and more players, online play. There's just been so many changes in the way that uh, fighting games work and uh, from it primarily being a dominant arcade culture to just being uh, more more mainstream now. And I think it's a good change, it's a bad change. It's obviously uh, a lot of people look at it in a negative light. If they, if they like the old days where it was very different, where it was very... Um, I would say uh, one of those things where like you would go there with a group of your friends and it'd be very territorial. Um, nowadays, now it's easier to get into any kind of game, obviously, because of the what we have with the internet, what we have with YouTube, what we have with Twitch. It's a lot easier to get into video games. But I think the great part is the fighting games have evolved in such a way where it's uh, it really showcases a lot of the talents of not only the players. Um, Back then, maybe more than 10 years ago, there, what was the idea of a pro fighting game player? There really wasn't. So I, I think the fact that uh, almost every single country has great representation across the board uh, for fighting games and for just gaming in general, not just that, a lot of our, uh, our best known people in the fighting game scene are actually getting jobs within the gaming industry and they're really making moves to kind of help not just the fighting game scene but just the gaming industry in general. I think like any examples of those guys? Yeah, okay, so a great example. Probably one of the first examples 
is when Seth Killian started working with Capcom uh, in like the mid 2000s uh, and eventually helped give birth to Street Fighter 4, uh, Street Fighter Cross Tech and stuff like that. We have now Peter Rose's Combo Fiend. Uh, he was a big part in Street Fighter 5's development. Uh, I'm working with the Tekken team. I've always been working with the Tekken team. So stuff like that, I mean, we have key people in key places that really keep an eye to the pulse of the community. But not just that, uh, we don't let the community go to waste. And I think that's uh, the best thing is like we've seen Evo's growth and we had re record-breaking numbers last year. We had 5,000 people. 5,000 people is a lot for a tournament where the standard was if we hit 1,000 people, like what are we going to do? That's too many people. But now we're at 5,000 people. We're selling out arenas. We're on live television. I think uh, we're only going to continue to improve and do great things. So I'm really looking forward to the future. Uh, not just for fighting games, but just how the gaming industry embraces fighting games in general. And I think we're in a good place right now, and we can only do bit better things. I hope no one screws it up, because that's always a bad thing. But obviously, I'm confident, and I think everyone that's working in the right places, uh, they have a genuine heart about working working without selling out their souls in the favor of just you know making money. It's all about uh, the community and the games and having fun, and I think it's been working out so far. My name is Michael Murray. I've been a game designer on the Tekken series for quite some time now. A little about Tekken 7. We've been able to show it here at Southeast Asia Major, so a lot of people have seen the game. Uh, the graphic quality is something that we've really been trying to improve this time around. Uh, I was talking a little bit about the stream, but uh, for Tag 2, since we had to have four characters on screen at the same time, the graphic level wasn't something that we could really uh, raise as high as we have for 7. We've also been able to do this um, in some part because we're using Unreal Engine 4 for the game this time around. So you've probably seen a lot more uh, of the detail in the environments, like the abandoned temple that we showed off. And so the game just looks gorgeous. We have a, a great number of new characters this time around. For example, Lucky Chloe, Claudio Serafino, uh, Katarina Alves. We have Mi Kazumi Mishima. Uh, there's also Josie Rizal. Uh, so there's quite a few in Akuma, obviously, from the Street Fighter series is a big addition. And also we've been just trying to make the game more accessible. For example, when you're knocked down trying to get off the ground, so many choices, if you pick the wrong choice, you might be uh, comboed again. So we kind of streamlined some of the controls surrounding that, and also some of the uh, new techniques that we added. The Rage Arts, for example. We've always had the Rage Mode since uh, Tekken 6, which uh, powers up your attacks for the remainder of the rounds when you your health dips will a certain amount. But the Rage Arts and Rage Drive are just two mechanics to kind of uh, enhance that and give you more options strategically. But the Rage Art, when you when you have Rage, uh, you have access to a certain commands that does a series of techniques that are unique for each character, uh, which deal massive damage. You have armor on startup, so it's kind of a chance to allow you to come back from behind. Uh, there's the Rage Drive, which similarly you have access when you have rage and once you use it the rage goes away but uh, although it doesn't do as much damage as rage arts it doesn't leave you as vulnerable either so even if you're blocked you have uh, advantage so you can keep up your attacks you can also kind of uh, put it into one of your combos so that normally if you only need a little bit more to finish off your opponent but just one of your normal combos isn't enough you can put in the Rage Drive to do a little bit extra damage and finish them off. There's also the super slow motion effect that we saw in some of the matches today at Southeast 
Asia Major, where uh, when one of the uh, the players, one of their health dips below a certain amount, uh, and sometimes they trade blows, you'll see the camera slow down in real time, so you don't know what the outcome of the match is going to be for a few seconds, and it's really uh, intense, and the crowd really loves it. So there's a lot of features we've been doing to make the game feel fresh, but also more accessible, and also. Uh, more viewer friendly for events like this or maybe on stream. What's the future for 3D fighting games in general? Or do you think it's just going to be Tekken all the way? You know, it's hard to say. Uh, I know there's Dead or Alive out there. They've been trying uh, a different business model with, uh, I think, the, the basic part of the game is free and you add characters or something like that. Um, and they have a fan base that's kind of different from what we do with Tekken. A virtual Fighter has been absent from the scene for quite some time. I, I'm kind of uh, curious to see if, if they'll come back anytime soon. Uh, Tekken's been one of the only consistent 3D fighters, I guess, uh, both in the arcade and then the console. So it would be exciting to see other games out there um, come back, but we'll see. We have a lot of plans for Tekken. I can only speak to our franchise. So we have the tournaments that we're going uh, to here. Also, the North American King of Iron Fist tournament that's going on and just the more recently announced uh, European branch of that tour. Everyone will uh, come together on December 10th in Japan uh, to battle the best from Korea and, and Japan. And we'll see how that goes. And the game will be out early next year on consoles and PC for the first time. So I think we'll see a lot more stuff uh, coming up in the future. How the community as a whole, like the second community, do you think it has grown? Do you think it has wavered on? Do you think they're sick of the iterations? Or do you think they well, it's interesting and it kind of differs between the regions. We've seen, at least in Japan, since we have the arcade and then the console, we kind of see a, a, a larger influx of newer players with each installment. So there's a lot of people, I don't know if you remember when Ao and Honda and those guys came on the scene when we did uh, the, uh, what, what did you call it, the uh, Major League Gaming and that kind of stuff. They were brand new to that particular installment. This time as well, we've seen uh, a lot of new players attracted to the game. We, we have a, a turnover of players, I guess you could say, in Japan. In the U.S., maybe Europe, more so U.S., you see a lot of the old school players. Uh, and we've seen a lot more come back for 7. Yeah, the Asian 3D fighting community is still there. I think a lot of people have, since you know Street Fighter V is kind of the popular game at the moment, we've seen a lot of people play some of that as well. But uh, I'm happy to see that a lot of our fans are starting to return to Tekken now that we're doing more events and we have uh, more opportunities for them to play the game. So I'm hoping to kind of increase that. And uh, when they see all the stuff we're doing in other regions, and we hope to also do in Asia, I think they'll have a lot more to get excited about.